was pissed, dude. What the hell? I know. I did have a beef that I was going to talk about, but I'm just going to save it because I think I've already pissed off enough people. <laughs> <laughs> they freaking cheated us, man. Cheated the love of Star- They used us. Honestly, they used the love of Star Wars to make money, dude. That's, what, that's really what happened. Hello, everybody. This is Tim and Blake, and this is Sabak Talk, and we're coming back to you um, here reviewing chapter four of season one of the Mandalorian entitled sanctuary today. We're going to get into some general review, do some likes and dislikes, some of our favorites, talk a little bit about some questions that came our way and some of our uh, listener engagement this week. Um, and then get into a couple theories with our idiots array. Should be a good time. And Blake is coming to us from sunny California. You can hear the birds chirping in the background. Let's go, Blake. <laughs> yeah, it is a, it's a very good time right now. I, uh, <laughs> I, I want to apologize in advance for all the sounds as I am outside right now, but we're going to make it work. We're going to hey, roll with it. Hey, you know what? Like, this is, this is just an average podcast for average people. We're just having a good That's time. That's true. You're right. You're right. Yeah, this is a different episode. Definitely, I I could say I liked it the I liked it the second time yeah. more than the first time. Um, and I know as far as the community goes, people don't really like mm-hmm. this episode. Uh, I guess maybe not not hate it, but like it's just not one of their favorites considering all yeah. the whole season. This is more the bot toward the bottom, which mm-hmm. I get uh, because it is kind of like away from the. St- it's not really part of the story, uh, the the main story, I guess I should say. Uh, it's it goes out. It's just kind of this weird tangent, you know. Kind of, kind of shows this weird yeah. thing going on. But I, I, I gotta, I gotta give those people crap because watching the Sega time, man, I'm like, yeah. this is like a beautiful episode. I, I re- actually really appreciated it. I really liked it. It, it definitely mm-hmm. think it aged well with me. It shows the Mandalorian in like his, you know, more, uh, more human form of him. Shows more of his emotion. Yeah. So I, I did enjoy it. Yeah, I really definitely. Did. No, I totally agree in a lot of ways. And that's something that I found interesting with this episode. Is that it feels like a tangent, but to be completely honest, and this maybe will get me a lot of hate, but I feel like the whole middle of the entire season, there was like every episode was a tangent. You know? Totally. I, I think that too. Yeah, I thought that like, too the first time through. I mean, I'll probably talk about this in one of our future episodes. That's something that weighed on me like not very well. The first time I watched it, I was like, okay, really? Like another story that just starts at the beginning of the episode and ends at the end of the episode? It's like everything's a tangent and then another tangent and then another tangent. But anyway... Um, I agree with you, though, I, like that this episode, it, this chapter does have some great new angles that it adds to the characters um, and new dynamics. I like Mando's dynamic with Cara Dune and introducing that character. She was really cool. Um, and I also like that there were some new sort of angles and like new layers to the characters, um, like kind of seeing the happiness of the child in the village like that was yeah, yeah dude, touching. so cute. It was really touching. And I also think something I noticed this time that I didn't did not notice um the first time is that there's like repeated and this is throughout the season, I guess, but this is the first time you have like repeated people that are um not just noticing that Mando's a Mandalorian, but sort of um like criticizing the the way of being a Mandalorian. This is the way. Yeah, and yeah, so that's Cara Dune does that's it point. at the end of the episode. Omer um, the, oh, yeah. the, um, the young widow whose name is Omera, 
she does it not doesn't really do it like in a critical way but does it kind of in like a, why don't you just why don't you just stop and just stay here and just live here and be happy yeah and i i think that that actually brought a really good angle into mando's character because it's like okay now that he's had this really like intense experience with all the other mandalorians and that big fight scene and all this you know last episode was so heavily like this is the way this is the way and then this episode it's like well maybe it doesn't need to be the way <laughs> you know <laughs> <laughs> and, like yeah, multiple angles of that coming in. So I thought that like in in terms of that the development of our understanding of his connection with being a Mandalorian, I thought that it was it g- gave a lot of really cool angles. Then one thing I will say in my general review of this episode that is also one of the things that I kind of disliked. I felt like there was a lot of like cliché things in this episode. Okay, like just what? Like, explain yourself. <laughs> explain yourself. Um just like <laughs> there was a lot of like little one-liners that and like dialogue that felt kind of cliche, like, you know, um, and then the training, the villagers was a little bit and the just kind of like the general like vibe of it was all it all felt very sort of um, just kind of cliche to me, like not anything that was really um, unexpected, to be honest, or anything that felt like like it was very fresh. Um, even though there was a lot of cool, like new visuals and cool new sort of dynamics going on, um, in terms of like story, it felt kind of cliche. Um, yeah, I don't okay, know. I that that, that was just my, that's like a, just a general kind of a thing. I mean, it kind of gets that vibe of any te- any movie that we've already seen of, you know, yeah. something's attacking this village. It's like, it's like the, <laughs> yeah. they do the training, they fight back. It's exactly. Like the exact same yeah. There's a lot of, there's a lot of, um, like, I mean, like going back like decades, there's a lot of movies that, or things that follow this plot. Yeah. But one that, I don't know if there's any that stand out to you, but one that stands out to me that I feel like, like mirrors this episode perfectly is this old movie that's called, it's a Western. It's called Shane. And I should have looked up some of the, have you seen have you seen that? Oh movie? yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, I can't remember. Yeah. It's not a John yeah. Wayne. It's uh, someone else. I don't know that much, but I used to watch it with my grandpa. But it's it like, you know, he like is a drifter, a gunslinger, ends up in this like little town. He works for the people and has a good time, and then like these, you know, outlaws are like making it so they can't survive. And so then he ends up, you know, taking care of them and then he rides off into the distance. And the last scene is like this little kid standing on the fence, both Shane, Shane, come back, Shane. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, maybe they were doing a little. That's what I thought. Now, I was like, maybe, maybe know? this is on purpose. Uh, that's what I thought the first time I watched. I was like, but you know, and at the same time, we know that the Mandalorian draws influence from American Western movies. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it does have and, that and, vibe. And yeah. like, even like in the behind the scenes, they talk about that. Favreau and Filoni talk about this. This is very influenced by like the American Western um, in terms of like film style. And I think that, I mean, you can get upset about it or you can just sort of just take it for what it is. So what about like, what were the things that you liked the most about this episode? Uh, I liked, again, dude, I always talk about this. I swear I'm like a, a broken record, but yeah. character arc, dude. Uh, Mando's mm-hmm. arc, again, in this episode, he starts off with, I'm not going to help you. That's too little. I can't, I can't do this alone. And then he's like, do you have lodge? there? We have lodging. He's like, okay. And then he yeah. realizes he needs to protect the kid, yeah. protect the child. And so he like, okay, I'll help you. And then it's like, it's just a job at first. And then he realizes these people are important and he cares about the people mm-hmm. and he wants to help them. Just, it doesn't even take the money. You know, he, he just wants to help them. And, and then he almost, you know, he has a temptation at the end to stay 
uh, to forego the man yeah. the Mandalorian way, but then he realizes he has a he has a duty, you know, to to the child to help him. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of like that life debt I thought of. Uh, he saved his life, so he's got to you know yeah. save the child's life in return. So, I I I liked that. Mm-hmm. I I like that part of it a lot of his character arc development. I, it's like every episode, you know, you just get closer. He yeah, no, definitely, that's definitely true. And I I think that um, watching it and sort of going through this process of like going episode by episode, even doing this podcast has made me appreciate like the, how the development does span over multiple episodes. And I'm realizing that each episode, at least in these first four, each episode gives a completely different view of Mando and his character. And then this episode was sort of questioning that and like, you know, sort of seeing him as like, Oh, he's just a normal guy. And maybe he'd like to just settle down and be a farmer. And I think at chapter two yeah. was him getting his ass kicked. And I know, seriously, though, right? <laughs> but it was a good episode. You know, he got freaking and, and there was that. And then the first episode was establishing him as this cool, badass Mandalorian. And so um, that's something that I definitely uh, can resonate with. Do we want to get into some do we want to get in some favorites now? Let's do it. Let's yeah, dude, let's do, do it. it. All right. Do you have did you have a favorite line from this episode? I did. Um my favorite line was, unless we okay. show them how. Yes, this is, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, a little context. Yeah, he, they're obviously, Cara, Cara Dune is there, which she's a great yeah. character. We'll talk about her a little, in a little bit. Um, but she's like, okay, we actually can't help you because the ATST is here. We can't, we can't take that. There's no way we could take that thing on just us two in this little village. And they're like, we're going to die. You have to move. And they're like, we've been here forever. You know, we're, my grandparents seeded this, mm-hmm. these uh, watering holes um and they're like we can't yeah. go anywhere we have nowhere to go and then and she's like we well we you guys can't do this and the man speaks up and says unless we show them how and i saw again that shows his character development and how much he loves yeah he really just is caring he he cares for these people mm-hmm. he he they grew on him and he realizes that you know they really can go anywhere this is their home they don't want to leave it they want to defend it they want to fight it so yeah uh, i really like that part and that line just feel like this spoke a whole lot to his character and you know he's gonna risk his life to save someone else's to save a whole village because he cares about them it's more yeah. than a, and i more like than that I, I i agree with you on on your points you're making i also like that line because to me it, it showed that he's innovative right and so he was because he, he started off and he said you have to move and then cara dune starts talking and while she's talking you can i guess you get the idea that he's like concocting a plan he's already he's already thinking like well maybe we could yeah. pull this off and so, no, that's a good line. Um, I'll go into my favorite line. My favorite line was, okay, yeah, what is this it? is not for the sentiment. This is just because of, I think, what it adds to the, the universe uh, writ large. Uh, a little bit, it was a pretty big piece of dialogue from Cara Dune. Um, so, so she says in the bar, she says, I saw most of my action mopping up after Endor, mostly ex-Imperial warlords. They wanted it fast and quiet. They send us in on drop ships. No support, just us. Then when the imps were gone, the politics started. We were peacekeepers, protecting delegates, suppressing riots. That's not what I signed up for. And then it kind of they kind of go on for a little bit. So that's a really long, that's a like a paragraph. But okay, I just want to say okay, the reason why wow. I chose it um, <laughs> is one of my favorite things about this episode was that we get a, a a little bit more of a view into the political realities of the galaxy post empire. Um, and so just, that's the only reason I really like that line. I like that it gives her, it gives her character some development, but it also gives like, okay, so we get a little bit of an idea of what was going on after 
um, the events of Return of the Jedi. There was there was warlords. There was riots. There was you know delegates and peacekeepers, you know, going around throughout the uh, galaxy trying to you know keep the political governance uh, st- stable or, or something. Um, and so I just I just find that I mean it, it gets my imagination going. It's I find it really interesting, you know. No, no, that you bring that up. I was thinking about this. This is from the Thrawn trilogy, but it also remember when uh, in after Return of the Jedi, Jabba mm-hmm. Hutt dies too. So in in Return of the Jedi, they were talking about there was also this void oh. to fill for the underworld. Uh, so like there were these two voids of the underworld, and then you know the regular government. So like that's that's really that's yeah. really cool. You brought that up because. There was yeah. just this whole vacuum that needed to be filled. So, and it was like, who's going to take that power? So, yeah, that's yeah a, I didn't that's even think about that with Jabba dying in Return of the Jedi. I mean, and that would make sense as to why so many of the imperial imperial generals became like underworld crime lords. They filled in that, the, you know, all that. That's, yeah. that's really interesting. So that was my favorite line. Um, did you have a favorite costume or makeup? A uh, favorite costume or makeup? If you say the average villager, I swear I'm going to lose. <laughs> 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 I did. I did not like their costumes. Uh, probably, I did not like them. I was like, "Why are these people wearing some like weird shade of teal? Like, it doesn't make any sense to me." <laughs> uh, I oh, you know what? I really liked. Uh, okay, I really liked Baby Yoda in this episode, dude. I mean, I gotta give it to him, dude. He was he was cute, but like he had like <laughs> yep. funny parts. You know, when he's iconic, drinking the soup, iconic. He's like watching Cara do the Mando fly, <laughs> yep. and he's just drinking the soup. Yeah. I was like, dude, that is so funny, and. I mean, and then, yeah, you said earlier, it really showed his life and his happiness throughout yeah. this episode. So I really liked him as a character and, like, his costume. I mean, I don't know if it was, like, CGI or – I do know they use a little puppet at, at times. So, no, that's I a really good – that's a good. I episode. think that it's, it's about time we, we, we have him as one of our favorite costumes. Um, yeah, it's about time. Absolutely. Um, I mean, come on. Yeah, he was he was Everyone's great. favorite. He was so great in this episode. Um, I, I chose a favorite costume. It was kind of out there, but – I just thought I don't know anything about this character, but I thought that they looked pretty grisly and cool. And that was like, I guess the the leader of the Raider group. It's in the first scene where it actually gets pretty close to the face, and this like leader is just like kind of growling, and, yeah, like, yelling, um, as they're like entering the village. And he just looks like I don't even know, like just like almost like a, I don't, yeah, like a dog kind of. A yeah, dog? it was like looks like a pit. I got a dog. Person. Yeah, that's obviously. And it's weird because if you look at Wikipedia and sort of look at the sources, um, when we learn about the raiders, they, it says that they're all Clatoonian, which are a species that shows up actually in amongst Jabba the Hutt's uh, gang in Return of the Jedi. Is the first time we see this particular alien species. They're called Clatoonians. Okay. They're from Clatooine, which rhymes with Tatooine, oddly enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess. Wow, they and really ran out of the names. So. Um, <laughs> they make up the official record. They make up the group of raiders. But this guy did not look like a Clatoonian, and so he he was he was cool looking. I thought. Yeah, he he did look cool. He yeah. did look lifelike. But I did see that dog vibe. So that's that's <laughs> funny because right. so things. Now so yeah, I guess cool. in terms of favorites, there wasn't that many sub characters. But I mean, do you have a favorite sub character? Yeah, okay, I really like Omera in this episode. The uh, yeah. the widower. I. I thought she was good, dude. She 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 was strong, and obviously yeah. she tugged at the heartstrings of Mando. And she, we, you know, she dug a little deeper to his personal life that we didn't get to know, and uh, or yeah. that we got to because she dug there. And so I like that. You know, he's like, I haven't taken this helmet off since I was like, uh, since their age, whatever. And so 
and he was like, I was just grateful that they took me in, you know, the, the Mandalorian. So I was like, that just shows Mando's, his parent, he, his parents were killed and they took him in. So he was just grateful to be, you know, a Mandalorian. So like he really respect, it just shows his respect yeah. for the Mandal- Mandalorian creed and his respect for the people. And, and then she grows on him. She says, you know, she wants him to live there without even seeing his face, <laughs> but I thought it was a big gamble, you know, because what if he's yeah. ugly underneath there? You know, she didn't know, but. So maybe that shows her character as well. She thought he was a good dude, even though she went out looking at his face. Yeah. And she wanted him to stay there. So um, I thought she was a good person, and and she was like uh, really strong willed, and she, you know she kind of like took that yeah. sub leader role of the people. Uh, she was like, you you guys need to listen and 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 follow the what the Mandalorian what the Mando's teaching you guys. So I really liked her character a lot, and she was a badass too. She just kind of you know fought, and she didn't have any fighting experience before. She shot a gun at least, but. Nothing serious, so I thought she. Yeah, she was interesting, and I I think that a lot of people. I'll I'll just say, I mean, I I was not like that upset about like the little bit of romantic tension between them. Like I was okay with it. I was cool with it. Some other people maybe weren't as much, but I was definitely cool with it. Yeah, and and it just adds a little bit of love too, man. Come on, like wow, like maybe he wants to have a different kind of life, you know. Um, I will say, I'm just, I'll just say that for the sake of this pod, let's talk a little bit about. Cara Dune. Yeah, she's yeah of course. And, like, she I is love, so dope. I love the vibes from her in terms of just being like a really strong character, strong-willed. She doesn't take crap from Mando or really anybody. Um, and she just sort of captures that, uh, that vibe really well. I thought that um, Gina Carano like, did such a great job um, portraying the character. And I also love that she has like this ex-rebellion storyline that i think and a lot of our followers and listeners um that engage with this week were saying like they just want to know more about her backstory i think that yeah i, I did see that, that like but and like i think it's because her backstory is really compelling and exciting for people who love star wars um and so i i, yeah, I really liked cara dune um and it, one thing i learned while i was reading a little bit up on this episode is that her actual full name is cara cynthia dune but it's one word cara cynthia that's name. interesting i had no idea so Anything for you to say huh. about Kara? No, dude, she definitely is. Um, we got like some comments this week for uh, our question was, you know, what do you want to uh-huh. know about Kara Dune or what are your initial thoughts? We got Mo Dizzy saying, man, she is a yeah. badass. And I was like, that's what's up, dude. She knows what's up. Um, so you <laughs> hopefully, you know, they do a little spinoff. Just kidding. <laughs> the Kara Dune show or whatever. But yeah, it'd be, it would be interesting to know what she where she comes from because she kind of, yeah, she touches on it briefly, like you said, about you know, killing warlords and keeping the peace. And so, yeah, it'd be interesting yeah. to see her exact backstory. I, I'd be more, be I'd definitely what a, a prequel, like to a see prequel more TV show of her life. That would be sick, man. That'd be yeah. really cool, actually. <laughs> like, get to watch her, like, be in the Re- Rebellion and be in the Rebel Alliance, work work for the New Republic, and then be a deserter. Yeah. That'd be really interesting. Yeah, we got, you know, Jack Rath saying, I like to know about her backstory. We do have a interesting question. I know there's one in there that I want to, like, <laughs> we'll probably... <laughs> let's take well yeah let's take the uh, let's take Save the, it uh, the, the end. easy easy ones first and then we'll go for that one okay yeah well i mean most of them okay. are just like uh let's look at her backstory yeah. They, yeah you're right everyone really wants to know about her backstory her initial thoughts are yeah she's she's dope she's a badass so yeah well we can uh let's keep get into going it on and go back to that last question all right this question is coming to you from basher bill berserker we yeah. got a, he's our active yeah, super great very active followers so we're grateful for him he has a really good question here it says can you guys delve into why this show captures fans imaginations more so more so than the sequel trilogy because for me the sequels are very saturated and over the top in a bad way man makes it the opposite. 
I was telling you, I was, I this was is saying, a- <laughs> like, my thinking is like, I feel like I could go, I could talk about this for a long time. Um, I do agree with Bastard Bale Berserker here. I do agree. <laughs> okay, let's go. Oh, what, what, what do you agree um, with? I, I know, this is tough. That ain't controversial right tough. now, dude. You know, We're going to lose is, more than half our listeners. This is such a heated thing in the Star Wars community. Again, there's such, again, um, the... there's such a divide. Um, but that's typical Star Wars fandom. Um, I think that the things we've been talking about so far in the podcast, I think, speak a lot to what, what The Mandalorian offers. And I think that part of it is... It, I think a lot of it does relate back to Dave Filoni as like a writer and producer and director in the sense that his creative mind is very much attuned to like the original vision of what Star Wars is all about and um, keeping things grounded in like the universe of Star Wars and sort of creating the universe and knowing what the universe is and having the story happen inside of that universe um, without like pushing the bounds and really just like sort of like coloring over all the lines, if that makes sense. Um, and I think the sequel trilogy does that a little bit too much for like hardcore star. A lot of hardcore Star Wars fans don't like the sequel trilogy for that reason, because they're like, well, look at the way that Ray uses the force and look at the way that um, gravity doesn't apply here. And look at the way that Leia flew through space in The Last Jedi and <laughs> and all these. Things. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what gosh, is that, I don't want to get into what it too much that? right now. But um, that's one thing I would say. And I also think that Mandalorian captures um, it feels familiar because it has earthy and very like uh, familiar notes in terms of aesthetic, in terms of color palette, in terms of just general like vibes. Um, But it also like fully commits um, to like being within that alien world uh, at the same time. It strikes that balance really well. Whereas I feel like the sequel trilogy, it really feels Um, It feels like very much a almost like a Marvel movie, like it's about fantasy things, but it almost feels very uh, like connected to our world. And it doesn't feel I don't know, it just doesn't capture that Star Wars spirit to me. Um, And that is like a really bold claim. And I know some followers are going to be pissed about that, but that's. (laughs) No, send us your messages, guys. Send us your messages. Let us Um, know. I don't know. What are your thoughts on it, Blake? No, yeah, I think, so as far as it goes, I I think we were talking about this before, but you had mentioned this to me, and it really resonated with me that you had said it kind of just like the whole sequel trilogy just like negates the original trilogy in a way. Because here we have this amazing story, you know, and like George Lucas had developed a story called, you know, The Fall of Mm -hmm. Anakin Anakin Skywalker. Um, and like this whole story is just about him, this this guy who was this great, the chosen yeah. one, the great one. And he falls and then he redeemed himself. Um, and then like he kills the emperor or we thought he kills the emperor because, you know, according to the story, this is canon now that he actually survived. And he was the one tempting, you know, Kylo Ren and with the dark side. And so it's just like this whole this whole thing that Anakin did, this whole this yeah. whole path that Luke went down in the originals and the prequels. Um, it's just like it was it like didn't mean anything because the Palpatine yeah. survived and then he just does it again. So it's like it's tough because like I can see, I can see why like the so like the the movies themselves you know I wouldn't say like if if it, it it could be like its own trilogy separate from this trilogy almost in a way it's like yeah. these six this their six movie the first six is like really good it's like the, you could tell it's just part of the story and all of a sudden this these next three could be their own trilogy. Like in a, like a completely, yeah. like if you didn't see the, the three, the, uh-huh. the six, like it'd be fine because they explain it in the, 
the sequel. It's like it's his own these own movies, and it I don't know. And you know, as as we know now from what the actors have said, is like they were yeah. like writing it as they were going, <laughs> and they were changing stuff because they realized fans didn't like stuff. So it's like we just got gypped on in a way. It's like why would they do that to us? <laughs> To, to you know continue the star wars and yet they were like trying to please the please the fans and please the writers like they didn't want to they didn't like you said they didn't want to do the old traditional way of star wars but like it is too new it's too different in a way that it doesn't feel like star wars so i think that's why and and like the mandalorian is is so good because it's like like you said it has a star wars vibe we can tell that it's, it's like this different part of the galaxy that they're just you know doing a separate story but maybe there are some connections that it is like plays of these ideas that are connections with the original storyline. So it's really cool. And yeah, you're right. Dave Filoni really just, and John Favreau, they really just love Star Wars. So they wanted to get a vibe in. And I can see like me, I can see, you know, I like I said last, I can see it connecting to, you know, like the rebels cartoon or the Clone Wars cartoon. There's these little aspects that these, like there's rumors of these, these characters are going to be in the Mandalorian. So it's like, they're kind of, they're going to connect it in some way, but it just feels like the sequels kind of lost that image and they lost that. They just lost that uh, whole yes, reason I, why we love Star I Wars. totally agree with everything you're saying, especially I just want to reiterate what you said about like the story arc of Anakin Skywalker from the beginning of his life to the end. And having that, that is Star Wars. That is the dramatic like archetype of like what Star Wars is in a lot of ways. And I think that we can have tangential stories that go off of it, but the sequels wanted to be a continuation of that story. And I think the story was done. Yeah. And that's the thing too, is um, like people, like people always like my wife asked me like, why are people mad at the start of the sequels? And it's like, because these, these, um, the story has already been done. Like there's tons of literature out there that like has continuation of the storyline, but like they bring back Palpatine. It's just like a separate story of like what happens after. Like the Thrawn trilogy, Thrawn trilogy does that a lot where it shows like this post empire trying to fight back to gain power. And it's like, there are already stories out there, but they, some reason just killed all those stories and just try to continue this other one, which like, it's like, why, why would you do that when there's already yeah. all this li- literature out there? That's like really good. Like people love it. And, but they just like kind of, and now all that stuff that we, all that literature is not canon, officially canon, because, you know, they, yeah, it's not no, part of movies. So. No, it, it, yeah, it sucks. <laughs> those are strong words. It sucks. But no, I agree. And one thing, the last thing I will, I want to say, oh, actually, I want to say two things. Um, I don't like in the sequels, they were definitely like lowballing it, I think, in terms of like their ambition. Because if you look at the prequels, the prequels were radically different in terms of like overall tension of the movie. Um, it's completely different than the original trilogy. In the original trilogy, the overall tension is you have a rebel group and this huge empire. The tension, uh, like in terms of like macro scale of the prequels, is the disintegration of a republic. And we're looking at the disintegration of a republic as it parallels the disintegration of Anakin Skywalker um, as a Jedi. As a Jedi. Okay, and yeah, that's so a good point. It's, wow. But it's completely different than the original trilogy. Um, if we take those so- same sort of lens and looking at macro-sized tension and macro-sized dynamics, um, the sequel trilogy was trying to recreate the original trilogy. It was, okay, we have a, a, a rebel group yeah. and this overarching evil government figure. And it just didn't make sense because it's like we, we just saw that. Like that just happened. You yeah. know? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Even 
I mean, even the Star Killer base, like the whole thing yeah. was like the oh, Death Star. It was just like yeah, it was, it was. just like and a new I hope. Think, you know? And I think that brings me to the next point I want to say, which is within that point, it's like a lot of the when you first when I first watched each one of the sequel films, I liked them. I enjoyed I enjoyed viewing them because there was so much nostalgia, like so many so much nostalgia yeah, true. service. But that does not age well at all. Like, and it hasn't aged well for me at all. Like, it's like, yes, this was really fun when I first watched it, but actually for the story, it kind of doesn't work. Um, there's so much of that, in my opinion, in the sequel trilogy. That's just like, let's just do, let's just pay some nostalgia and throw it out there so that people feel really good in the movie theater. Um, and the last thing I'm going to say, and this relates to both of those points is I love the terminology that George Lucas gives to the original star wars and to the original trilogy and that is he called it a space opera it's a space opera it wasn't meant to fit into our our regular like sci-fi films action films it wasn't like a sci-fi it wasn't a fantasy it wasn't a superhero movie it wasn't an action movie it was a space opera and yeah that's really interesting wow and the prequel trilogy fits that right the 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 melodramatic dialogue that hasn't aged well in some ways but at the same time it has and just the general pacing of the movies and the structure of the plot is very operatic and very dramatic. And I think that the sequels definitely did not stay true to that um, execution, even though they had, even though they had yeah, like a basically cookie cutter plot of like New Hope under Force Awakens. The general delivery and the way that it's paced and the way that the vibes sort of set the whole thing up, it does not feel like a space opera. It feels like a Marvel movie that takes place in the Star Wars universe, um, in my opinion. Um, and I think that one of the things that Mandalorian does well is it actually, to me, I was thinking about it, really, it's not a space opera, but I feel like it's like a space Western. Like, it's like a, it has that classic feel. Yeah. Classic cinema, like opera is like a classic form of entertainment that's been around for centuries. Westerns have been around for decades and they have like a very sort of certain vibe to them that feels very classic. And I think that Mandalorian was able to capture that vibe and it almost is like a placeholder for the opera vibe that the um, original trilogy has. And so I think that and, and the prequel trilogy. And I think that that's one of the reasons why Mandalorian works as well. Yeah, totally. Can you hear Collins crying? Yes. Damn it, dude. <laughs> There's a crying child. Okay, right, so give it to me. I don't know. Okay, so you guys saw this when they're first walking into that what like that bar or that restaurant. I get I don't know. What do you what do you call that? I think they called it a like a I don't know, like a community, like an inn or something. Okay, that yeah, that works. Um so you know that thing that thing that growls at baby Yoda? Yeah. That is a loath cat, and that's from Lothal, which uh-huh. is from Rebels, man. That is from Rebels. So, Oh, yeah. Kind of interesting little fun fact there. Um, and that's what I had said uh, previously about Ezra Bridger. So mm-hmm. I'm kind of I'm wondering, man. Like, they get this little, this little, this little, little nudge. Teaser. Little, little teaser. Yeah, a little teaser at Lothal. So I'm like, oh. dude. Because I remember I thought Ezra Bridger was going to come to – that was my, one of my idiots, Ray. So I'm kind of thinking it might be true now because it. I feel like it, it was left so open that they have so much they have so much freedom and, liber- and liberty to do whatever they wanted, pretty much. So uh-huh. I'm kind of thinking, dude. I could I could be more I could be right on this one. So that was yeah. a little teaser. So I, I like that a lot. I, I caught that towards the beginning. Yeah, definitely. That was a fun one. Um, 
and that could come into your idiot's array. That could work out. Um, I know. I've got <laughs> get lucky because I'm not, I'm not doing so well already. <laughs> <laughs> I've got I've got one fun fact, um, and it is that this is an interesting one. It's on the production side. Um, Pedro Pascal, due to um, scheduling conflicts, actually never. He does not appear in this episode in like his body. Like he's what? Not, he's not. No under, way. This entire episode, it's only his voice. It's just and there is there's a lot of information about there. He had two stunt doubles, and one of them was an expert at martial arts, and one of them is actually John Wayne's grandson, who's an expert with the handling of weapons, um, and sort of that Western thing, uh, that Western sort of look. And so those two men were under the mask the entire. That's episode. hilarious! Oh my <laughs> gosh! Isn't that crazy? That's so funny. So interesting um, to go back and think about. Like, okay, it's definitely not him under there. That's a funny thing to think about. That is funny, dude. It's like that's his first episode with you know with Gina. Yeah, so, so that's so funny. That's that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, like their dialogue. Their dialogue was she. You know, you'd think when they were doing production, she was talking to whatever actor was under the helmet and not, yeah. not talking to what we're hearing as the audience. So it's kind of funny. That's funny. All right, Tim. What is your idiot's ray? I heard you have one today. Yes, I've I've kind of got two. I've kind of got two. Okay. Um, okay. Trying to play, uh, press your luck. Here? Yeah. And well, one of them is like really low risk, and it's my first one is that we haven't seen the last of Omera or. Um, Dude, I could think that yeah. I could. I thought that there would be good season, like series finale, dude. I, I yeah, I think some way of him going back. And I could envision, and this is, I guess, more of a risky idiot's array. I'm just thinking of it right now. But when you said a season finale, I feel like a series finale when we're completely. Oh, that, oh, no, yeah, I said series. Oh, you said series? Dude, uh, get out of here. Try to, yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's what I'm thinking of. Like, I could imagine at the very end, and in order to justify him not being involved in the events of the, se- of the sequel trilogy or just, you know. Just a good I mean, end of the character. He goes back. Yeah, because obviously, back un- here. unfortunately, you know, shows can't run forever or else they get freaking dumb. So <laughs> it's like this, that really would be a good way to end it. Yeah, no, that would be interesting. I like that. Um, that could be your idiot's array for today. Look, you, are, you just came up with one on the spot. I thought you said, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, st- I kind of stole it from you. I'm back. Yeah, I'm no, back. it's all good. It's all good. You took it, you took it to another level. Um, and my other one is related to a theory that I've seen online. I remember back when this episode first came out in 2019, and that was an, a theory that Omera is the same person as one of the main characters from the Battlefront 2 campaign, whose name is Aiden Versio. And she, I haven't played the game, but she is um, part of the Imperial Special Forces um, that what yeah that sort of like fail on um on the forcement of endor and then are i don't know how the camp the campaign goes but i'm pretty sure she survives and sort of ends up like not being part of the empire by the end in some degree what dude and that would be huge wouldn't that be interesting and like she had she was good with the blaster and so that's one of the reasons yeah and she actually looks really similar to her like they both are sort of dark complexion dark hair and um, the age, I mean, they don't look completely alike, but uh, that's just one idiot's race. So I'll throw that out there as a theory. That, you know, okay, yeah, we'll I like out, that. Find out that, that would be cool. Yeah, that would be interesting, I think. I've got one question for you. Oh, okay. This, I, did not, I was not expecting this. Let's, let's, conclude, this? let's conclude this way. So it, out of the, we're, halfway through the, we're halfway through the season, and we've, listened to four, we've, we've reviewed four chapters. How would you rank this chapter amongst the, only the four that we've done so far? 
I dude, I know. I oh man, that's, that's a tough question. I kind of had a feeling because you had mentioned something like this, but and this is going to go against everything I literally just said at the beginning of the episode. I was giving everyone <laughs> crap for not liking this episode. Um, man, that's tough. That is tough. Yeah, I'd, I mean, it, for these four episodes, it has to be like in fourth place. I mean, yeah. Okay. Because Fair I mean, we got like I mean, we got a taste of a man, the Mandalorian, in the first episode, the second episode, see the child, how he saves his life, and and the third episode was just amazing. I think the third episode is probably the best one. Okay. Uh, but yeah, this obviously goes away from the storyline, so I'm kind of eating my own words here by saying that <laughs> I didn't like people that didn't like this episode. But I mean, I still like it. So yeah. But yeah, as far as the first you know, four episodes go. Yeah. This is probably the the fourth place. What do you think? Um, I think I have to like agree. I think, I don't know. I think, and like, I may be, maybe I'm like, maybe I'll sound really stupid compared to our last episode, but I feel like for me, it's between, it's between this one and, um, the, the most, the most recent chapter three between like for your favorite, for my least favorite. Um, what I th- you don't like three i i like three but i liked one and two a lot more um, okay i didn't know that i thought yeah. you liked three i know i know oh, okay. i did i did really like three but no you can't go you can't go back you literally just say you don't like it. No, I did not. <laughs> <laughs> all right let's just conclude here so people know our, our a little bit of our rankings but i think we should continue revisiting that uh maybe like towards the end of of this uh this yeah that'd season. be good that'd be, that'd be cool guys don't forget to send us your hate mail at uh, talk <laughs> at gmail.com <laughs> message us on instagram at sabak talk we're we're up for questions and criticism uh we'd love to talk about any other topics that relate to or kind of relate to the mandalorian i guess yeah tie back that way or uh, we'll give you guys a shout out uh we love hearing conversation i feel like it really gives us a lot better content than it than just us you know talking off the top of our heads so please yes. you know reach out to us yes i echo everything that blake just said um and uh yeah we just welcome and we love your engagement and thank you so much for listening today thank you so much for listening to another episode of sabak talk and uh, and guys, we made it to October. We're so close to season two yes, Mandalorian, dude. This is we're almost there. This is the month. This is the way. <laughs> this is the way. Um, it has to do with the tracking fobs. I don't think they make any sense. <laughs> dude, you, you have said that every episode. <laughs> and I haven't, but I haven't gotten into my details. <laughs> I haven't gotten my details on it. And those tracking fobs don't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs>